and welcome to the Raven Hill Roundup, the Ulster Rugby Fan Podcast with your hosts Jamie and Lewis. So let's get right into this week's episode. Hello and welcome back to the Raven Hill Roundup. It is me once again after a week of absence, Jamie. And I am joined once again by Lewis. This week we saw Ulster take on Edinburgh in the final game of the regular season. A classic between the two. Bit of a rough start from Ulster, but then they come right back and manage to win the game 28-14. So we'll be breaking down that game, getting into all the nitty gritty as well as some... Uh, contract news, injury updates ahead of um the Connacht game on Friday, and news about the potential, the potential for an artificial pitch at the Kingspan Stadium. So, without further ado, let's get right into this week's episode. So, Lewis. What do you think about this last game of the regular season for Ulster? Yes, well, firstly, great to have you back, Jamie. Uh, glad not to be in the host chair this week. And um, apologies for any sound issues. We are on Zoom this week uh, due to me having COVID, which isn't ideal. Um, but yeah, I was at the game uh, last week. Really, really enjoyable. Good to see Ulster get the win. Obviously, uh, a lot of controversy uh, lots of injuries and stuff to look at but I thought Edinburgh came out of the blocks the fastest early on they looked really dangerous we had a number of missed tackles some dropped balls and essentially that's what allowed them get that fast start and get in early with a Darcy Graham try uh, just seven minutes into the game and Mark to be fair it was a great try Mark Bennett's dummy took Stuart Moore away uh, giving him the space to offload to Darcy Graham for a really easy run in um, and it really took Ulster about 20 minutes to actually respond with a try of their own through Jacob Stockdale which was a super try it was great to see him back on the score sheet and brilliant back play I'm sure we'll have a chat about it later but it was great to see him back scoring and great to see Ulster using the backs like everyone wants to see. Um, overall, I thought Ulster had quite a poor first half. Edinburgh looked like the better team, which is why it was so good to see us going in 11 points to 7 up at half time. Um, and then I think we did come out flying in the second half. Obviously, started with that intercept try from Cooney. And we just looked a lot better in the second half. Uh, took control of the game a lot more. We looked a lot more dominant in our carries. Um, just handled everything a lot better and obviously you would have expected a bit of disruption in that first half because of the injuries and so many players playing out, playing out of position but um, they clearly had a chat about it at halftime and what they were going to do to try and keep things ticking along as best possible and I think whatever they did it worked really well and obviously the most important thing was that we got the win to Secure second place, home quarter final, and if we win that, a home semi final. And we talked so many times throughout the season whether it would have been possible and whether we could have done it. And um, we've got there in the end, so we have reached the end goal, thankfully, Jimmy. 
So I find the game, you know, it was very uncharacteristic of Ulster in, in that first half. It was a really, really slow start, and especially that Edinburgh try, it was so avoidable. I mean, sort of everyone in that line could have done better on that. And, you know, there there was a couple of injuries before that. Maybe that just caught them off guard. And But they definitely brought it back in that, that second half, I thought. Um the back line was solid and in their plays and it was definitely that force of the forwards that really regained control of the game and um pushed everyone to that sort of higher standard to get it over the line and get a really convincing win in that second half. Um you know, a new high in clean breaks. There were six. We barely even have one, so that's fantastic. Um, as well as penalties being really reduced from the past couple of weeks, you know, where we're seeing like uh ten to fifteen penalties the past couple of games and you know, the only concede five is really good and it's it's sort of the level that you want to see penalties um conceded because you're always gonna have some. But the discipline of that was very good. Uh, and I think most of them came in the first half anyway. Um, as well as turnovers, a lot of them were the first half and it, it just sort of shored up more in that second half. And I think that that's really what um what sealed that game was whatever was said in that dressing room at half time the really kicked them into that extra gear and, you know, make sure that they had enough points to claim second. Um I thought that Herm was playing very well as well whenever he was on for that uh, shorter sort of period um, and Cooney was fantastic I mean it's clear why, why we all wanted him in the squad for so long and I think he was definitely a big part in um, bringing that team together so I just want to highlight him quickly uh, while talking sort of broadly about the game and then get into his performance as a whole yeah, Jimmy, 100% agree. I think you can really see the difference when Cooney is starting at nine and Ulster just seemed to play with a lot more intensity uh, and the speed of ball from the rock seems to help us out so much more in terms of getting the backs playing well and using getting the ball wide and using the dangerous players to sort of elim- or exploit the space. And we saw that in the first try from Stockdale. And we saw that through a number of players making line breaks and different things. So I definitely agree with you on that. Yeah, talking about the line breaks, um, it was definitely really impressive whenever you take in the account as well that a lot of the back line got taken off quite quickly. Um, you know, Luke Marshall had to come on um, basically straight away. And... Uh, same with Gilroy for Hume in that first half and for so especially Gilroy playing out of position and he's more of the winger um, I think that, that shows real credit to that team that they were able to pull off such good back play that we haven't really seen this season whenever it's not that first team or they're not fully comfortable in that position yeah, and we saw so like you say, so many changes. We had Hume coming off, 
Balakin coming off at half time, Michael Laurie with that injury early on. Did you think they coped well with the backline changes and made the most of it? Yeah, definitely, because I think that we were definitely play, trying to play to the backs and whenever the the knocks came or whatever it happened to be, um, I think that they adapted really well and then went back to sort of mixing in the forwards a lot more and they really stepped up in that role of like like they're not so necessarily comfortable as they want to be um so i think that them stepping up and winning the physical battle allowed the um breathing room for the backs to sort of try different things and i think it definitely helped the whole team actually coming together and adjusting the the changes i think it worked yeah, no, I definitely agree. I think I think to be able to adapt against such a strong Edinburgh backline with plenty of Scottish internationals, plenty of pace out wide and Darcy Graham and Duhan van der Merwe, that's something I had a chat about last week on the pod, how, how important it was going to be for Ulster to isolate those two players and stop them from getting ball in space. And early on at the start of the game, you sort of thought to yourself, oh goodness, they're going to they're gonna give these guys a bit of space and they would have been punished for it. And we saw that with Edinburgh's first try, but um they didn't really give them a huge amount. They give them a bit of space, but not enough to cause Ulster any real damage. And, you know, to do that with so many injuries and players out of position, new combinations in the centre and everything like that, a completely different backline to what you've been training with all week. I think to be able to do that against such an impressive team is really, really, really good for Ulster and shows how adaptable they can be. And obviously you can look at Edinburgh's league position and say, well, Ulster should be beating them. But realistically, Edinburgh have picked up form and you know they're a, they're a lot better than their league positions their league position suggests. So um yeah, I have to say I was really happy with how the back line adapted. And just overall, how well Ulster played and managed the game. And like I said at the start, the win was the important thing to ensure second place, and we managed to do that. Now, time to get into the tries. The big talking point of the first half was the early try from Edinburgh. A mistake from Tamanga Allen dropping the kick, or dropping the receive from the kick. Um, that gave away possession and allowed Edinburgh to break through the line and get a, a fairly easy try, in my opinion. What did you think, Liz? Yeah, it was. It was quite soft to give away because, like I said earlier on, there was a number of missed tackles and, and obviously that dropped ball from to Allen. Obviously, he's not the man you would expect to be under them type of kicks anyway, so um, maybe not. It wouldn't be too hard on him there, but it's still one you would probably expect him to catch. Obviously, that gives uh, Edinburgh a bit of momentum and a bit of space to break through a few more tackles. And as it goes wide on the right-hand side, Mark Bennett throws a lovely dummy, which completely fills Stuart Moore. And that gives him a little bit more room just to run into space and get the offload away uh, for Darcy Graham. And like we said last week, I think if there was two players that you would expect to score in this game, it would be either Darcy Graham or Duhan van der Merwe. And he's the man who got the try. And 
he's one of the key men in the Edinburgh team and someone that uh, threatens a lot of teams and keeps them on their toes. And I think, uh, yeah, he he probably deserved a try um, just for how well he's played this season. But I think it was really soft from an Ulster perspective to give that one away. I agree with you 100%. You know, Tamang Allen isn't the first man that you think of whenever you think that man can jump and catch a ball. But he was under no pressure, basically. Like, they just held back and held their line, thinking, oh, he's going to catch this, and just completely fumbled into them. Um, The dummy was nice to send uh, Murray away. Um, but I think that Billy Burns should have probably at least got a touch on Graham uh, whenever he was running. You sort of seen him. I don't know if he tripped or just completely mistimed that tackle, but I think even getting a clip on him would have changed his pace enough that someone else might have caught him up. But, you know, it wasn't the be-all, end-all. They kept their heads high, and uh, at least it wasn't, you know, we didn't go in the half down because of that the the fought back and that leads in the the next try Stockdale's try um sort of touched on it a wee bit already the lovely play from the backs um just playing that line and in sync with each other yeah Jimmy and yeah like you say I think Billy should have probably got a touch on the Graham try and it it probably would have kept him out but um obviously really tough in in those uh, conditions back there and then yeah it took Ulster 20 minutes but they did respond and um I thought it was a beautiful try it's probably one of my favorite tries I've seen this season uh Burns the timed pass to Gilroy was absolutely perfect allowing him to make the line break and he's been really good the last couple of weeks he's played I thought he had a brilliant game um, he obviously times his pass then really well to get it to Stockdale, who gets the offload away early to Balakun. And Balakun just has, he knows he's not going to make it to the line. There's too many tacklers in front of him and gives the offload back inside to Stockdale. And it was brilliant back play. It's exactly what Ulster fans want to see more of. We saw a good bit of it against the Dragons last week. And I'm thinking maybe is this a bit of a transition in terms of the coaches trying to get Ulster to play a bit of a backs game and it didn't work a lot of the time last week but like I said it, it would probably take time because they haven't really been doing that all season but they were doing more of it in this game and I think you know that could be a big advantage going into these knockout games and hopefully they can continue because there's so many dangerous backs out wide and we can cause a lot of teams problems but yeah if there was anyone I wanted to see get another try. It was Stockdale going into these knockouts. I'm sure you're the same, Jimmy. I, I think the same. I should, you know, we talked about it um a couple of weeks ago, talking about that back line play and if I wanted the or if I thought it would come this season or maybe work on it for next season. I am surprised that they're actually using it this much and how well it's actually working after what uh eight months or so is it um of just forward play you know and not but it shows 
the class that there is in that back line that they can pull off a try like that whenever they haven't been utilised enough over the season and like you're saying, Stockdale getting another try is great going into this final part of the season that just keep on raising that confidence and confidence. I mean, he's scoring near enough every game since he's came back as a regular start. And it's great to see such a big player for Ulster performing well again. And especially after such a massive injury that he had, to see him still keep that skill level and just that raw talent about him as yeah, well as the other back lines I will say <laughs> not just all about him but you know the actual play out and Balakin's offload yeah definitely and it's great to see that uh, like we say we're using that offloading game uh, a bit more on Stockdale getting these try assists as well as tries Um. We saw that last week as well. So it's great to see him finding a bit of form again. And then obviously we saw Cooney get two late penalties, which let Ulster go in with an 11 points to seven lead at half time. Were you surprised that Ulster went in ahead at half time? Yeah, definitely surprised because of the inconsistency of the play. You know, they were definitely shocked at the start. And then I think it, it picked up a wee bit after Stockdale's try um, and it, that's probably what allowed them to get in the position for the penalties um, the convert but I, I've thought that it was just going to sort of stay um, that you know a try a piece and sort of you know maybe three points in it um, or so I didn't sort of I didn't or I thought it was just going to stay them them two tries um and then level on points i didn't think that the the penalty would have come or sort of the go in with that lead because to be honest ulster didn't deserve it the way that they're playing compared to edinburgh you know edinburgh were class that first half and ulster just weren't up to the plate for it yeah i definitely agree um, then obviously Edinburgh start the second half in the worst possible way Blair Kinghorn throwing an absolute gift of a pass to John Cooney allowing him to run over uncontested uh, what did you think of that one? I mean it's the easiest try he's ever going to score in his career you know, he, he, he probably was, like it probably wasn't actually that good when you think about it because he's ran out of position basically because the ball has went forward um, and he's caught it so really he's probably going to miss that man if it goes to him because he's out or else he's not going to get a clean tackle kind of way but just that fortune of a horrible pass gone straight to him you know he's clean through on the break and he's you know, he's not the, the fastest man in the world, but he had the legs on him there and he definitely had the determination to get it over that line and I, I don't think he'll get an easier try for a while anyway. No, definitely not. And um like you say, I think I think he was shooting out of the line and kinda of hoping for that kind of pass because there was two or three Edinburgh players out wide as well. So 
if it had went to one of those players, he definitely wasn't tackling or catching them anyway. Um, we then seen things get worse for Edinburgh. They had a yellow card on the 63rd minute uh, after a takeout on Cooney at the Rock and numerous penalties, which for me was probably what they deserved, to be honest. There was a number of penalties given away in that area and then Cooney being taken out uh, before he's even touched the ball. And I think they deserved that yellow card 100%. Um, and obviously that resulted in Ulster's next try with Timoney crashing over. Um, and that was just Ulster holding on to the ball brilliantly and um, going through the phases, keeping their composure. And um, it was a nice try as well. But how well do you think Timoney's done in the last few weeks, Jimmy? He's definitely found a bit of form. Yeah, he's he's picking up speed ever more in that side and you know we always knew how good Timoney can be in in this team and uh, I think that his performance sort of just dipped as the team did and as you've seen the resurgence of Ulster in the second half of the season he's also resurged massively and he's been such a key component to the squad and you know that try shows his determination to get over the line you know you see it all the time them kind of tries where it is just a scoop in stick the arm out and get it down but it, it takes a lot of effort they actually get that you know however many plays they've went through and for him to trust himself that he's that close um and that's what it is with timony you know you trust them to win the ball play the ball you know just He's one of them standout members, and I think him and that back line were fantastic uh, this week, and it shows just how much a yellow card can punish a team that, you know, that was not even a minute later, I don't think, from that yellow that also were able to get it straight back on the line and, you know, a couple of phases and in for the try. Yeah, definitely. Just a, just a random one for you, Jimmy. Can you remember the last time Ulster didn't score a mole try in a game? Um, probably going to guess Leinster, but I think I'm wrong. Yeah, I genuinely can't think of the last time we didn't score a mole try. It's just been uh, one of our things, but it's good to see us not being over-reliant on it at the minute and finding other ways to score and put teams under pressure. No, actually, there was a mall try in that Leinster game. I don't know when it was. Heron scored, so I assumed that it was a mall. Yeah, it was. (laughs) So we've talked about the team as a whole. Now let's get into the individual players. There's a few standouts for me, um, particularly that back line. And the night of position, Nathan Duke, are the standouts for me. What about you, Lewis? Yeah, Duke was one of them, definitely. Um, I think in the back line, as we've talked about, Stockdale back to his best. Uh, thought he was super. Uh, Craig Gilroy as well. Probably not someone that you would expect to come in and stand out and play really well, especially at his age and how little he's played this season. But I thought he done brilliantly as well. And, of course, John Cooney. Great to see him back in the team and um, helping us to play our best rugby. Um, what about the forwards, Jamie? Well, you have to pick out, you know, we've already talked about them um, during the tries. 
but Nick Timoney, you know, whenever he was uh, playing that flanker role, uh, he was great, you know, untouchable. And um, then through the injuries, he ended up going out to the wing and there he was tight as a rock. You know, he didn't let uh, Van der Merwin get a sniff at anything, really. He was straight on his case and locked him down completely. Uh, also, it's basically that the back row um, or the, the standout forwards here. So, David McCann as well. Great performance and he's growing so much this season and you definitely see it in this latter part where the team is picking up, he's picking up and he's really starting to find himself in this squad and this week's performance was the pinnacle of that. You know, um, I think he barely put a foot wrong, always one of the first to the rocks and getting stuck in the everything. Another person getting stuck in the everything was Dwayne Vermeulen. You know, some massive hits in that game and that's exactly what he's there to do. He puts in these massive tackles and holds that team together in that role, especially that second half. You know, he was just clapping people all across that pitch. He was everywhere at, at some points, which is so impressive for someone his age um, and play style, you know, not just that he's getting on in the years. Um, he is sort of that big hitter and I didn't expect to see him at so many uh, breakdowns and, you know, they were just everywhere this week, that back row. Yeah, definitely. I definitely agree. Um, I think the back row was the best part of the forwards. Uh, I, I think you're right. I think McCann is really cementing his place at number six in that team. Uh, it's been a position where everyone's been in and out. We've seen Sheridan in there. We've seen Jordy Murphy. We've seen Matty Ray, Marcus Ray. And there hasn't been anyone really at the moment cementing that place. And I would be very surprised now after that performance if Mark or if Dave McCann didn't start in the quarterfinal this week. I think he's earned his place. And um I think at the moment that would be Ulster's best back row. Uh, but for me, I think like you said early on, I think the most standout was um Nathan Doak at fullback. I think he didn't really put a foot wrong in terms of you would notice that it's a scrum half playing fullback. I think he'd done the job well and um he clearly just has a really good rugby brain in terms of he knows where he needs to be and he was using the experience of the players around him uh, who have played in that position before to help him out and uh, try and keep him in the right position and make sure he's doing as good a job as possible. Yeah, for, you know, Doke's got some uh, critiques from us, you know, sort of frustration with not seeing Cooney play, but the, when he was needed, he showed up. And, you know, we always knew that Doke has had a fantastic kick on him. And I think that, that that's why he was brought back uh, instead of maybe a centre or a winger um, rotated that way because uh, like you were saying he has incredible ball knowledge and uh, 
his age, it's crazy to think that he's so versatile in that where he's going where he needs to go and has that mind to think, right, I'll kick here or you know, pass out the stock deal, let him run or I'll run. Um and he's tough as well. You know, you don't really see how tough some uh, scrum halves are, but he, he took a few hits in that game that uh, I don't think that some not better scrum halves, but sort of more well-known scrum halves would be able to take and get up uh, so fast and get straight back into the game. He's he was just a workhorse when he came on. He knew his job and stuck to it and done it. So moving on to looking ahead to that Connick game, uh, Ulster have released an injury update. And the only player involved in that is John Andrew, who did not play against Edinburgh, but he did sustain an injury in the A team's game against Munster. And he is now unavailable for selection along with Will Addison, Ian Henderson, Matty Ray, Sean Raphael, Marty Moore, and Tom O'Toole. So those are the players who are ruled out for the Connick game. None of the rest of the players mentioned in the injury update that went off against Edinburgh. So whether that is a case of Ulster trying to play it quiet and not giving Connick any hints to who's going to be playing or not, it could be that, or whether they're all fit that could be the case as well. But fingers crossed we have as many of them back as possible because um, it's going to be important that we have the best team possible out to beat this Comet team because having watched them play against Glasgow last week, they're going to be very difficult to beat because they pushed Glasgow all the way um, over at the Scotston. So fingers crossed we can get as many of those players back as possible. And as well, we have heard that Connacht will have both Bundy Aki and Mac Hansen available. So obviously they're going to be coming into this with a bit of confidence with um, a couple of key players coming back in. So fingers crossed Ulster can get as many of those key men back in as possible. Just as well, Jamie, uh, I had a bit of a chat last week about the announcement that Craig Gilroy was going to be leaving Ulster at the end of the season. I mean... He's someone who came in all those years ago, back in 2010, 2011 odds, and has scored some absolutely amazing tries, uh, contributed so much to Ulster. What were your thoughts on hearing of his departure? Well, if you follow our TikTok um, at Ravenhill underscore roundup, just to be plug, um, you'll know that I am sad about uh, Gilroy leaving you know, it's not the season he would have wanted to have. And whenever you're starting to get that bit older and um your playtime isn't your playtime's more valuable to you, I understand why he's looking to go. Um, because he'll want to play. You know, he'll want to go somewhere where he's gonna play week in and week out while he still has the ability to do so. Um, because realistically you know he's only got a couple of years left in him um and I, I don't see it it's a big loss for Ulster in that he's been a massive player in the past you know like you're saying some fantastic 
tries and moments over the years, but I personally I don't think that we need him in the squad. Um, at this moment, you know, Jacob Stockdale's back. I know he's kind of injury prone, but he's playing really well. Balakun's back. Um, you know, there are uh big players in that wing, and you know there will be youth that comes up, and you know, you never know. We might end up uh signing a another winger, seeing that seeing that. Gilroy and Rob Little are both going this year. You know, I think that a replacement will be brought in and um personally I would have liked to see Rob Little stay, but you know, that's that's the way it goes sometimes. But it's it's a massive loss for the club and the fans. But I think on the pitch it's the right move for both Ulster and Gilroy at this point in his career. Yeah, I probably agree. I think he, like you say, he's getting he's getting on a bit, and he's had so many injuries in his career, which have has probably shortened his Ulster career a little bit. I would say, um, but obviously a fantastic player scored some huge tries, especially in that monster quarter final down in Thuman Park, which is the memorable one. And he had a chat about some of his favorite tries, um, at the fans forum during the week which was a really interesting watch, by the way. If any of you haven't seen it, I would advise going on to YouTube, Ulster Rugby's YouTube, and having a look at it because it was a it was a brilliant uh, night with some super questions from the fans. But I, I'm not sure if I see Ulster bringing in another winger. I think, obviously, with Balakin and Stockdale there, and you've got the likes of Ethan McElroy, uh, Aaron Sexton coming up, and Ben Moxham's been playing a good bit more often. So I'm not too sure if we'll see another winger in. I know that Dan McFarlane says that they've already confirmed their squad for next season, so they already know who's coming in and who's leaving. And we obviously still have a number of contract um, players out of contract to sort out as well. So I'm sure we'll find out about that in the coming weeks, probably after the playoffs when Ulster have um, finished their season, just so it doesn't affect them in any sort of way but it'll be interesting to see just how our squad shapes up next season we also had a bit of news involving one Tom Stewart it was announced today that he is the first winner of the URC awards claiming that top try scorer um, award for himself which I mean we all knew it was sort of coming a terrific season from Tom Stewart and you know just constantly scoring and he deserves the award like with uh, some big Ulster news coming out the past couple of days um, Ulster have officially submitted planning permission for a potential 3G pitch um, put in at the Keenspan Um. Johnny Petrie was talking to the BBC and he said we want the pitch to be world class playing surface um, for the professional and domestic games that are hosted at the stadium uh, he's saying that they're also going to investigate the options available to them uh, which will have player safety at the forefront so they have submitted the Belfast City Council 
for the potential of a 3G pitch at the Keynes Span. And Petrie says, this is in line with our ambitions for the game at all levels. We continue to explore how best to manage and develop the pitch to ensure it is safe and suitable for all fixtures. And he followed that up with uh, Ulster Rugby will update supporters whenever a decision has been reached on uh, the pitch and what's going to happen. This all came after, as I'm sure you remember, Ulster's home game against La Rochelle in December being called off because of a frozen pitch uh, the day before, which had the game moved down to Dublin um, and the club losing um, in the range of, I think it was 700,000, uh, they estimated that they lost because of that change so late on. Um, personally, I'm against the artificial pitches in rugby. I've played on them at uh, club level and it's stingy. It's sore. It burns. It's just not as good as grass. And I think that at this level, um, I think that all pitches should be grass. You know, it's just such, it's so much better to play on grass whenever you're playing rugby. And you know you're you're gonna be losing um a bit of character. I think you know whenever you go to the ground, you go damn that pitch is nice or that's an awful pitch. You know it's just gonna be plastic grass that doesn't need kept, and you know maybe it'll work uh economically. We might see some of that money getting put elsewhere that they would have been spending on caretaking for the pitch, but. Uh, I doubt that. What are you thinking about the whole situation, Liz? Yeah, again, it's it's not something that I thought they were actually going to go for. I knew they were talking about it for a while, but I didn't think they were actually going to follow through with it. But I think it's clearly something that um, the guys higher up will have consulted with the coaches and the players, of course, in terms of how Ulster want to play moving forward. If it's going to best suit their game and uh, the tactics they want to use while they're on the pitch and of course uh, whether the players actually like playing on the pitches um, I don't think they would have went for this if the players had been against it um, so I do think it's something they will, will have consulted with and obviously I think um, that game being cancelled up here in the Champions Cup against La Rochelle I think that will have played a big part as well so I think there's probably been a lot of thought put into this and if they think it's the best way of moving forward um, obviously that'll be it'll remain to be seen how it'll affect Ulster in terms of injuries Ulster already quite an injury prone team and we don't really want to see that any more than it has to be but uh, fingers crossed it's something that works out and something that helps Ulster's playing style moving forward. My main concern on the pitch with this is Ulster being such a physical team, you know, we play for the scrums, we play for malls, and that tears up a pitch. You know, you need to dig your studs in, you know, you need to get down deep and get in. I don't understand how that works on an artificial pitch. Um, you know, maybe it does, and I just haven't seen it, but 
as soon as rain touches that or a bit of moisture, you're just going to be slipping. I think that it's not taking away, you know, not just taking away characteristics of the stadium, but it's also potentially taking away uh, ability from the Ulster side, you know. Um, I think as well, players nowadays are using different types of studs, longer studs and things that do help with that kind of thing. I, I wouldn't see it being a massive issue, to be honest. We've seen Glasgow Warriors switch to a plastic pitch uh, a few years ago, and it seems to have helped their gameplay a bit. Um, and I don't think it's affected their scrums or moles too much. So um, it's probably something they have looked into, but I would say, all being well, that they do have all the precautions in place to make sure that it's not going to affect their scrums or moles in terms of slippiness. And obviously... 3G pitches of plastic pitches have just progressed over the years and got better quality. So uh, fingers crossed it'll be a good quality pitch put in. So it was the last round of regular season in the URC and there were games across every ground. So firstly, we did see the Stormers take on Benetton. This was a big game that happened to see what would happen with the table finish with Ulster. Stormers did win that game very convincingly, 38-22, to 22, but it wasn't enough for them to clinch that second place from us. We then saw the Lions beating Zebra 50-35 at home. The Bulls took on Leinster in one of the most shock fixtures of this season the Bills demolishing Leinster 62-7 we also saw the Dragons beating Scarlets 31-14 a draw from the Sharks against Munster that game finished 22 apiece Ospreys got Beat at home against Cardiff. Cardiff winning that game 38 to 21. And lastly, Glasgow Warriors narrowly defeating Connacht 29 to 27. And as it's the end of regular season, the playoff was decided. So the table ended up finishing Leinster on top. Unsurprisingly, one loss in the whole campaign in the last round, finishing on 79 points. Second was Ulster. And we finished on 68 points, the same as the Stormers. They finished third on 68, but Ulster had the better points difference to get the second in fourth, Glasgow Warriors cemented their place there, 63 points. Fifth, going into the lower half of the playoffs, was Munster. They finished on 55. Then in sixth, the Bills finishing 53 points. Connacht on 50 points in seventh. And finishing off the table was the Sharks on 48 points, so really, really close in that bottom half, and between 4th 
and second for that finish. That ended up leading to the quarterfinals uh, being drawn in the order that they normally are. Um, first against eighth, second against seventh, so on and so on. So on Friday, we have Ulster versus Connacht, which we'll get into in a minute and give our thoughts on how we think it's going to go down. Ulster at home, obviously, from the second place. Then we have an all-South African affair. We have the Stormers versus the Bills on Saturday in the afternoon. In the evening of the Saturday, we have Leinster taking on 8th place Sharks. And the finish out the quarterfinals, we have the Glasgow Warriors versus Munster. Massive game on Friday coming up. Ulster will take on Connacht at the Keenspan. Ulster being very strong in this fixture this season uh, with wins over Connacht twice. But as we know, anything can happen in this postseason. Lewis, what are your thoughts on what's going to happen in this game? Yeah, Jimmy, I think it's going to be a really difficult game. And that's despite, out of all the teams Ulster could have got in the quarterfinals, Connacht were probably the team I wanted in terms of, I think, seeing the South Africans come over with having a week off this weekend, last weekend, sorry. Um, I think that would have been a really tough game, no matter which one of them came over. And obviously, Connacht as well have some really, really dangerous players and they seem to be picking up a bit of form. Um, they put Glasgow under a huge amount of pressure uh, in the final round of the season, uh, away from home as well. I thought they looked really strong despite losing. And I think there's just so many key battles in this game. You have the likes of Stuart McCluskey against Bundy Aki is going to be massive. Um, you've got the likes of um, Mac Hansen coming up against either Balakin or Stockdale, which is going to be a really, really good contest. And I think there's contests throughout this game, uh, both in terms of players searching for um, a place in the Ireland World Cup squad and, of course, just um, just massive physical battles in the forwards. And I think it's going to come down to winning some of those physical battles up front because Connor are a really physical team. And I think if we can do that, then we have the back line to um, hopefully cut them open and um, be the better team and score the more tries. I am with you on that, uh, the forward side of things. Um, Connor are very physical, as you were saying, and they really use that to their advantage throughout their games. Um, similar to how Ulster do but it's really going to be about making sure that there aren't many injuries like there were last week in that to make sure that we can combat that uh, ferocious pack that they have you know I think it's, it's all about our set pieces in my mind whenever it comes to the forwards you know when the scrums and uh, when the lineouts to get the malls going, you know that's how we win this game, in my opinion. And um, as you're saying, the backs, you know, there's going to be some meaty matchups happening, um, across the wings and everywhere really in that back line. 
you know, it's it'll be nice to see, or it'll be good to see uh, them matchups happen and who comes out on top. But I, I hope that we keep integrating our backs as much as possible in this game because it's another problem that Connacht have to overcome. And whenever we did play Connacht before, it was very forward focused. And I think with us moving slightly away from that and getting the backs involved a lot more, it's going to help in the grand scheme of the game because I don't think that they're going to be prepared for it. I think that this week they'll just be focusing on stop Tom Stewart or Heron, whoever it is, in that mall um, and be really physical in breakdowns. I think that they're going to focus on our forwards more than our backs. And I think with the form that Stockdale is on, that Cooney is on, um, that Balogun has brought back since injury, um, I think that that's a really good way they exploit this kind of team. And I think that that's another it's another problem they have to overcome and it'll help us get the win yeah i definitely agree and i guess what i just really want to see is a good variety in ulster's game um obviously the mole's been our biggest weapon this year so if you get the opportunity up on the five meter line use it because we have the strength to drive over we've shown we have the best mole in the league and um i think we can use that still in this game and it'll be important that we use it if it's needed. But I also hope that the last couple of weeks have shown that our backline can cause a lot of teams problems, and I think they can definitely cause Connacht's team problems. I think Balakun and Stockdale out wide will want to prove a point against their opposite number um, in the Ireland camp, and obviously having McCluskey back and hopefully a few other players who had a few knocks from that Edinburgh game. I just think it's really important that we use that back line to our advantage and hopefully use it to build up points. But anyway, moving into score predictions, Jimmy, how do you see this one panning out? Um, I think it's going to be quite tight, but I do think that with the home backing, we're going to do it, and I'm going to go for a 22-14, the Ulster. That is... Uh, scarily close to what I was going to go for so yeah, I'm going to stick with mine and I'm going to go with 23 points to 15 to Ulster and um, I'm that confident of a win I've already booked the semi-final weekend off work so fingers crossed that doesn't come back to bite me of course you have <laughs> had to everyone has to everyone needs to get down this week and the next That'll do us for this week's episode of the Raven Hill Roundup. So thank you very much for listening to us for a bit of a longer show, uh, making up for the the short shows that have been the past couple of weeks. And we do apologise for that. It's that time of year where everything starts to pick up and um, you, know, you got to get your head down and work. So uh, that's us hopefully back to normal scheduling for the rest of the season these last couple of games hopefully uh three all three of them uh the quarters semi-final and final 
and hopefully we can get the full job done. I will also send you over to our Instagram posting Ulster News, podcast news and a few memes that we're working on on the TikTok as well. All of our socials have the same uh, at um, so it's at Ravenhill underscore roundup. Head over to Instagram and TikTok. Give us a follow. Have a wee look at the content. Always posting on um, both both sites and hopefully more of that to come. Starting on the TikTok, trying to do a wee bit more on it. We also have our Twitch. It'll be getting back up and running in sort of this week and and onwards over the summer is where the majority of our content will be you know we'll be focusing on that Ulster career mode and going in the our own team career mode and be playing all different kinds of games over there to sort of pass the time in between rugby seasons as well as that make sure that you give us a follow on Spotify and Amazon Music we are looking to get on to some other platforms very soon. Set up for next season. Try to get across uh, all podcast networks that we can to make it more accessible to you. And thank you very much for listening once again to the Raven Hill Roundup. We'll see you next week with hopefully, fingers crossed, a very positive result for Ulster. <laughs>